Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? That's good. It's Monday. I'm here. I'm alive. Happy. Healthy. Can't we complain. we often start out talking about weather, which you usually instigate, weather. but I'm doing it today. I'm getting weather, some weather of that. Me uh, so yeah, I'm getting some of that Pacific Northwest rain today. It's been mm. a drizzly. I walk the dog uh, usually late in the morning, around like nine or ten, and it was raining. Not enough that I needed a jacket or anything. I did wear a flannel, so I don't know what the temps are like in the Midwest, but up here it's like 50, 60. Oh, no, it's warm, eighty mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a human stuff going on. It's coming into August, which is, you know, terrible. August is the worst. Um, <laughs> it is. So it's, it's, it's interesting for me because it's all the going back to school stuff. And this is the first year that going back to school stuff uh, doesn't not, yeah. directly affect me anymore for the first time ever that I can remember. 25 years is a long time. It's quarter century, so it's hard to uh, realize that. Uh, but I, I realized it because I started getting some TikToks about school things. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, they, they know past me. Uh, <laughs> now that that's it. But I've been... Uh, uh, talking to Sid often and she's getting ready for school and she's going to be down here this coming this weekend, which I'm real excited about. Um, take, taking off all next week and um, we've got Gen Con starting Wednesday for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was not sure. I don't know if we've talked about this yet. Um, I was planning on probably just skipping it this year. I mean, last year I came to Indy and hung out at the house, but didn't actually get a badge right i just mostly mm-hmm, wanted to mm-hmm. hang out with you guys um you know the things have changed now that i'm on the road like i don't you know i try to travel light and i have a board game tables bag one of those big square well it's a rectangle but you know big game bag yeah that i keep in my in my vehicle my jeep um and i mostly have that so that when i am with family or back in Bloomington, I have sort of my greatest hits collection of games. I actually had them when we were in Maryland for Fox's 40th uh, birthday because I was camping in Virginia. And so I just parked my, you know, stored my rig a couple days and drove to that party you all flew out for. And so I had those games there. And But I don't like, you know strike up games with strangers that i meet on the road um that might happen at some point but i'm also just not that uh uh, extroverted i guess (laughs) i just um start the chat up yeah yeah i mean i'll talk to people but like i don't know there was one i'm sure i told this story i met a couple at a um harvest host at a winery in virginia and they i forget what game they were playing but it was something not um, it was something I recognized, but not something super basic. I mean, it was um, something slightly more obscure than Ticket to Ride or something. Yeah. And um, I almost joined them, but they were in between games and I was ordering food. And we ended up chatting for a while, but we didn't play any games. Anyway, all that to say, like, <laughs> I I don't 
you know, I don't buy games really anymore. Um, and I don't even get that many opportunities to play games. And when I do, it's with you all. I mean, I have enough, I have enough new games that I've never played with my family that when I am with my family, um, you know, I can teach them those. I don't have to learn or buy new ones. I guess I did yeah. get a copy of uh, uh, Space Space Space. Um, oh, nice from from Gen Con. I think you or somebody else picked it up at the consignment store for me. Used used copy. Um, yeah, and that's one of those like I get enough. I get enough new game exposure experience on Board Game Arena that I'm like, uh, what am I gonna what am I going to get out of Gen Con? But anyway, I am, um, I'm in Washington, as I probably said last week, I'm about halfway between Portland and Seattle. And my brother and his family live in North Idaho, which is, <laughs> relatively speaking, it's close to where I am now. It's like yeah. five and a half hours away. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm like... 1800 miles from bloomington so relatively speaking that's close um and so i can leave angel my dog with them and Mm. and fly back because otherwise you know she's a golden retriever i can't you know i can't bring her on the flight i could you know get a crate and you know some airlines there's just one airline i think that does it it's part of my, you know, big part of my parents' dog, but it's not a big part, but it was for a while. Um, people buy dogs and have them flown out. Um, oh, yeah. But that's a whole thing. Like, yeah, you, have to, you have to have a crate to put them in. It's, I don't think it's as expensive as a person flying, but it's close. So How it's do almost. They? Do they have like the, the, the uh, steward person like take care of them? Yeah, the there plane, are or? there are a bunch of restrictions. Like just shove I, them, shove them under the plane. No, they. I mean, they go <laughs> in the cargo section, but there is only there are a couple like designated spots. Um, they have to be in a specific type of crate, and you have to send food and water with them, like a bottle of water and a little Ziploc bag of food. Um, and then they won't fly. They won't take pets on the flight if. Um, the temps are not within a certain range. Like if it's going to get too cold or too warm um, because the cargo compartment is not as climate controlled as the passenger uh, cabin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. And so there are all these, all of these things. And I'm like, okay, so even if I could sort all of that out, then what am I going to do with my dog when we're at Gen Con? (laughs) Like that's, that's just not, that's a whole that's a whole thing. But anyway, I have family here, so I can leave her with them, and I can come to Indiana and do Gen Con. And, and, you, and you bought your ticket, it said today in the thing. It's official when you've got your ticket, right? Yeah. I, I actually got those tickets about a month ago, and the tickets I bought today are for Labor Day weekend. Oh, um, okay. When okay. Uh, the Cogswells and, and the Troilos are going to fly out. And I think maybe Marcus, maybe Blake... Um, or is Blake Goodness. coming to Gen Con? I don't know. I, I, I can't keep track. But it's the can't same thing. Like, like if I'm going to be camping around Washington, Oregon for another month, which I almost certainly will be, 
then I can just go back, drive back to Idaho. And um, there's also space, uh, my parents own property up there where I can park the camper and oh, that's nice. leave, leave my pup with them and, uh, and fly back. Nice. So yeah, so it's, all, it's all figured out. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I don't, I haven't made any um, specific plans as far as events and things. I know our buddy Fox is going there as um, as press again, and so I'll probably go along with him. It's a fascinating experience for me, and I get the, some of the same like we don't really play games, but I get to hear you know talk to um, you know the designers and the and the small uh, publishers about new things they're excited about and it's fun nice i, awesome. I did yeah, that I, I in in 21 right i remember you saying ago. it was really fun like you had a good experience and saw some games you hadn't seen before and you know got to have a good time with it um, yeah i've considered doing that that myself uh unfortunately I usually stack up with his events um All right my my events um this year are um it's a mixture. I've got uh, some new things. I don't think I've got any old stuff here. I'm pulling it up so I can double. You're not doing any like uh, legendary win a box or anything like that. No. Um. Well, yeah, that's something that I would I would usually do, but but I'm not. Um. It looks like my I haven't looked at my thing in a while. Uh. Most are new things or new to me things. Uh. With a couple exceptions, I'm doing the Dice Throne Championship again. Or it's okay. a tournament yep. to get into the championship, which I've done for two years now, and it's been really fun. And uh, the thing that makes it really fun are the people. They're just such good people and fun um, mm-hmm. contestants and runners alike. Um, just a really enjoyable time. And it's one of those that uh, many people that are in this thing come here to Gen Con just for that. And they will spend, because there's several qualifying rounds, sure. and they will book every one, and they'll be in every one. And it's Sure, it's to get in to the thing, but they're not, while they're really good, they're not like, I, I got to get in. It's their whole goal. It's just a, they just like playing the game and they get to play with all new people, you know, and hmm. talk about stuff. It's kind of like going to, I don't know, a place where geeks play board games and talking about it, which is what this is. Do um, those, um, do they do those in dual, dual format, 2v2? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, you play, it's usually like three, three rounds. Um, that seems to be a thing. I mean, I don't know. This is a little, uh, armchair quarterbacking here, but it, it seems like, like dueling games seem like they have more of that. Like, obviously there are people who go to Gen Con to do massive miniatures battles or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, play RPG, uh, tabletop RPGs, D and D and Pathfinder, et cetera. And to do like, Formula D tournaments, Ticket to Ride tournaments, like all the board game tournaments. But there's a whole section that's just, you know, what I think of as magic and magic likes, right? You got obviously magic and then Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and um, Mm -hmm. all those other dueling. It's a whole section there in like dueling card games or something, something like that. Yeah, that's a whole section of the con. Um, And so, uh, I mean, Dice Throne will play. I've played it a couple times. It will play, you know, other player counts. I mean, just like you can do Commander or whatever 3v3 magic stuff. But it's really, at its heart, 
a 2v2 dueling game. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, those, those play well at Gen Con because they're relatively short and quick. Mm-hmm. You know, you play, you mentioned things like Formula D tournaments. They are big tournaments, but there's very rare, there's very few, I wouldn't say rare, sorry. There's not, percentage-wise, there's not a lot of, um, say, six-player games being played with tickets, per se, because they right. six-player games take two hours, right? Yeah. Two or three mm-hmm. hours sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and it's it all depends on the people playing, and they can really slow it down, right? Yep. Uh, so even if it's a good, fun game, those aren't played or ran a lot. It's harder. When you have them, the tickets are gone right away. There's only one table running it, right? right. I, I know I wanted to play for when the WoW board game was out at Gen Con, and people would p- play it. There was usually one guy running it, and then he'd run it for like one table, and that's it. So he could play it himself, right? And then yeah. it would be gone as soon as the events were open. Mm-hmm. Um, but with like 2v2 games and dual games, you can sit down with anybody and play it, you know, 30 minutes or less even sometimes. Um, so those are, and, and for tournament wise, it's even easier, right? Because you can run multiple games in shorter yeah. amount of times. So yeah, these are, these are only like an hour. For example, Dice Throne runs an hour for the qualifier. Yeah, um, there you go. And you play, you play like three games. Um, it's not a it's not a long game. It's very fun. Uh, enjoy it. So anyway, that's one. Besides that, I'm playing that one, and I'm playing some Dragon Dice. That's an old game that's out of print, and they, there's still a rabid community there that's always there. Of course. Um, but uh, it's back when I was in '95, I think, is when it was out. Mm. Um, so that's how old it was. But it's just a huge community still, and I am always stunned that there is huge learn to play games being run all the time and there are tournaments and open games i'm like how is this such a big community for a game that's like 30 years old you know it's (laughs) so great but i i I really enjoyed it and um i thought sydney would like to play it rolling a bunch of dice in one big thing so she and i signed up and, and we're gonna do that um i am doing something interesting this year there's this game called uh Oh, I want to say it's called Legends of Andor. I think that's the one, or it might be Epic Card Game. Um, let me just double check that. Um, Is that a Star Wars? No. Uh, see, everyone asks me about that. It's not. It's not that Andor. It's uh, just a different game called that. And, um, it's, and it's not. Uh, I assume it's not uh, Wheel of Time. It's not. No. The the description. See. So this is what I did. Kind of the, the, the tactic is that I wanted to find new games that sound interesting. That was my thing. I did not buy on opening ticket event day. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the games that are highly popular are going to be gone. Right? Sometimes sure. they'll open up new, but that's a rare thing. Uh, so it's a good opportunity to find games that have a big community, like I said, or um, a vendor is promoting really big and they have huge amounts of open kind of play stuff all the time. Sure. Um, This one, I don't know the year of it, but here's the description. The short description says a cooperative adventure board game in which a band of heroes must work together to defend a fantasy realm from invading hordes. I'm like, well, that sounds great. That's all the key words, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit longer says choose your character and work with your team of heroes to roll dice Explore unknown regions and forge new alliances while avoiding or attacking countless dangers lurking in the snow. Like, ah, again, all keywords that kind of, you know, fit fit my thing. Sure. Uh, so 
that that one I'm looking forward to. Oh, I know the one I was looking at. It's called a new game called Ins and Outcasts um, that I'm playing, and it's interesting um, because um, the short descriptions gather loot as quickly as you can in this lighthearted game of deduction, bluffing, and strategy. I watched a little demo of it on YouTube, and okay. it plays up to ten. It's all simultaneous play, okay. Which is like actually, it says maximum players twenty four. Um, and it plays in an hour, all simultaneous play, um, and looks really fun. And everybody that's, that, that has, it's like a night of tavern brawling type thing. Sure. Um, and everyone that has played comes away from it like, that was really fun. Kind of like a big party game type stuff. I thought, oh, that's, that'd be really fun to learn, see if it's good. Maybe pick up for the guys. And, you know, cause we always have that. We can pick what kind of game can we all play? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that, and I know Trotsky's always looking for that. The cool thing about that is they had they have a learn to play and you get the copy of the game, so it was thirty dollars. So you're basically buying it, mm-hmm. um, but you go, you play with the creators, play a game with them, and then when you're done, you have the game. I'm like ah, that's pretty great. So that's what I did. I'm excited that's, about that's. I'm most excited about that one. Sure. Uh, Sydney is doing a Splendor tournament. Okay. Can you believe that Splendor? You remember the old, the old game Splendor? Um, I don't. Is, it, is that game that old? I don't know. I'm bad at that game. I mean, it's like 10 years old at least. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so uh, she has never done a tournament, anything like that at all. I'm very proud of her. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. I have a Transporters deck building game open play format thing that I'm, I'm playing in during that time. Um, but... I plan on every minute going over there and cheering her on and supporting her. And I'm just so excited because she's, she with this kind of stuff is very in her shell sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gen Con, when she gets like, when she sits down at a table, she immediately blends with everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. She's just like talking about the game. She's very, she would, you'd think she's an extrovert the way she, she does, but it's just getting her to that point. Right to have her sit down, yeah. and she wanted to do this tournament this year on her own request, and I'm really I'm really happy for it. I'm hoping that she goes there because she played she played Dice Throne last two years and really loved that and enjoyed that experience. Mm-hmm. I think she's like okay, I want to see if I can do these other things like this in a very low pressure kind of environment. Um, yeah, and so I'm real excited about that one. She's real That's excited awesome. about that one. Uh, Tales from the Red Dragon Inn is a, a sequel to the Red Dragon Inn games. I'm playing that one. I'm playing five year Star Trek Five Year Mission. We played that before. The the, the uh, card game. Uh, I think so. I, I can't remember. I remember we played it. Is it? Isn't? It might, I can't remember. Is that also? There's one that was a dice game too, where you have to assign your dice to the crew. Um, dice and cards. Yeah. Dice we, and cards. Yes. We we did because I bought a copy of that like off Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. And by the time we actually got around to playing it, we found out there were cards missing. Oh, rough. What? Okay. It's too late for me to return it. So it's like, oh, well. It wasn't. Well, there expected. are seven tickets like available, Dennis, if you want 15, to play them. 17 bucks or something. I did look into um, Star Trek Adventures. Um, mm-hmm. Apologies to fans of our uh, now defunct second podcast that we never finished. Um, Hang on, Dragons. Klingons and Dragons. Um, well, Klingons Klingons Dragons is still available at your favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could you can look it up. It's 
if you, if you search Klingon's Dragons, you'll find it right away. It's a much more uh, uncommon name than the front porch. Um, anyway, I looked at events for Star Trek Adventures, and they were, I don't know, some combination of the price, the schedule, and the timeline um, just did not, was not appealing to our full uh, group of five. And so what I might do i actually should get on this if i'm going to is uh is run a little one-off one of the nights at the airbnb for the five of us oh cool that'd be fun i i, I will be uh i will be in on that <laughs> um well there's still one ticket available for that game saturday at 9 a.m <laughs> you can come with us i think i think i remember now playing it um Maybe in twenty one, yeah. I think I, we played I, it with at, Captain Chris at the con. Like we we found an event and played it. Um, yeah, pretty. yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, Dennis, I just tried to buy the ticket for you, and it said that it conflicts with a seminar that you're supposed to go to Saturday mm. at nine a.m. So you're you're going to be sitting out on a big how to do podcast sem- seminar, or you're giving it. I don't know. But. No, not <laughs> not not giving it. 9 a.m. doesn't sound... I'm going to have to recheck my schedule again. <laughs> recheck my schedule. Well, anyway, uh, the, the last one I got was something called Super Super Squad High. Um, I don't... It just sounded funny, and Sid and I are playing it. We said, let's let's give it a shot. So, um, it's fun. We've got dinner scheduled for the group of us at Rathskellers on Friday, and there was somewhere else. Where else were we going on, on uh, Harry and Izzy's. The, the, Harry and Izzy's. People the are usual going there. Blast out our sinuses with some... Very spicy shrimp cocktail, crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, I've got big, ho- I've got big holes in my in my schedule. So either I got to film today, or um, I don't know, take it easy or something. <laughs> um, or yeah, it's like from from a lot of times I have holes from one to one to five or something, which is not terrible. You know, go eat lunch, take your time, do whatever. Sure. Um, but we're, we are we're staying. I guess we we went into the Gen Con thing. We're staying at a. At a, an Airbnb, well, not an Airbnb, a, a house, right? A friend of ours yeah. has found that's completely empty because the tenants aren't moving in until after the con. Um, and so it's a big house where a bunch of college kids are going to to live in, and we're all blowing up air mattresses. And yeah, we called we it, bought. we called it Air Bob because it's bring right. your own bed. Bring your own bed. So everybody's got air mattresses. And we've even got we've even bought air couches, air tables, air everything. Yeah, so it should it should be fun. Um, and that's a week from Wednesday, Sydney. I started this conversation saying she's coming on. I think Sunday, um, and we're gonna do as many Bloomington things we can and hang out and nice. You know, just have a good time. I'm real excited. She wants to go see movies. She wants to go see Barbie and Spider Man. I want to say or or something. Um, Spider Verse. So she, yeah, I think Spider Verse. Um, so she's so we're, we're going to go see movies. It's just going to. I'm just excited. I'm. I even saying I'm really excited. You know, Sid to come, and uh, so we're going to do that. And then Gen Con hits, and that's going to be a long week. Mm-hmm. There's the week, um, and she goes back the next Monday. So fun times. Uh, and when does your flight? You come in on a Wednesday? Is that right? Or are you coming in on? Yeah, when, Wednesday night fairly late because it's like uh, the 
um, the airport close to my brother's is Spokane, uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah. And there are no direct flights uh, to Indianapolis because Indianapolis is it's maybe a bigger airport than Spokane, but they're both kind of secondary airports. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's hard to get... Um, it's hard to get direct flights. I know Fox has direct from Dulles, from uh, Washington, D.C., but um, I have to have layovers. I think it's usually Denver or O'Hare. I think one of my flights has a layover in Atlanta, and I'm like, that's the wrong way. That's the complete wrong way from where I'm going <laughs> to go from... Although the same thing happened when I went from... I mean, because I went from Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is an even smaller... Uh, airport when I went to see Fox uh, in 21 21 or 20 it must have been 21 um, that flight from Washington DC to Fort Wayne Indiana which is if you don't know um, like two and a half hours north of Indianapolis like it's close to the northeast corner of Indiana it's like from there it's a straight shot from there to Baltimore um, and well, or Washington DC and that flight had a layover in Atlanta. So I flew from Washington DC to Atlanta, Georgia, back to Northern Indiana. I'm like, that's not, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's air travel, right? It's where their, where their hubs are, where they, where their routes, you know, I heard a scandalous thing about that a couple months ago where there's this trend that people are buying looking for there's a site you can go to i guess and see where these layover flights are so it's cheaper to buy let's say you want to go to baltimore right okay and you are in spokane um so it's let's say 500 dollars, just pulling a number to go sure. there okay or you could buy a flight to indianapolis for 250 dollars, and it has a layover in baltimore and then you just don't get that second flight, and they just and then just leave the airport. And okay, because they do that, right? Um, that it's cheaper when you have a layover in places, and if you can find out what those layovers are, you can buy the cheaper flight and then just leave. Airlines hate that because they want to make the most money, and they would want to sell that flight for five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. and they would want to sell. Um, the flight from Baltimore that's going to have an empty seat from Baltimore to Indy. So they're like, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. But, you know, that's the new tricks, tricksy hack that some people are doing. Hmm. Um, and, and that only works, obviously, if you only have carry-ons. You know, to right. check your bags or anything. That's, that's how I prefer to travel, almost always. Right. So if you just have your carry-on and you get off for your layover in Baltimore, you just leave the airport and don't catch the next flying. Next plane. How is it, I, I think I missed a step. How is that cheaper? Because it's often like I, I so I'll use practical things. I went when I was in Mexico. Uh huh. I was going to Mexico. I had to come back to uh, Indianapolis. Right. right. So let's say actually I wanted to come back to Dallas, Fort Worth. Well, a flight from Mexico to Dallas, Fort Worth is more expensive than the flight from Mexico to Indianapolis. Okay, Indiana even though Indianapolis has a layover in Dallas Fort Worth, 
Oh, okay. So just the first leg. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I so think, take just the first leg. So if you don't, if you don't book it all at once with layovers, the the first leg. Um, or no, if you no, if you, you book you if you book, book one leg by itself, it costs more than booking the whole flight with a layover. Yes. Yes. Interesting. That is interesting. That is standard practice for airlines in the U.S. So it must be, it must be they are discounting, they're discounting the connecting flight to make, to make the prices, to make the flights competitively priced. Correct. Right. So, so, so it's cheaper. It's somehow cheaper for me to buy a flight from Spokane to Chicago. No, it's cheaper for me to buy a flight from Spokane to Indianapolis that goes through Chicago than to buy a flight from Spokane to Chicago. Yes, you got the right thing. Okay. Correct. That and, and what you would do is when you get me, to Chicago, you just Right. And when you just get to Chicago, you just leave and don't take the second right. yeah. flight. Yeah. Right. Because they don't um, and, they don't make you get on the next I mean you probably depending on the airport, you might get paged on the on the thing right. if you don't show but they don't um well they do. They give you second boarding passes or you scan your app or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they know they're checking you in on the next flight but yeah that's that's wild yeah the uh, this is not advice i'm giving professionally (laughs) every anybody here because i know that airlines do not like it and um if they actually caught you they could do like the well we're not going to sell you tickets anymore type thing Hmm. but they'd have to catch you you could easily say like i got sick and put you on a list or yeah or whatever you know and, and i couldn't make it and it's fine and you could use all sorts of excuses but that is a regular thing that people there's a website a couple websites that are devoted to finding that saying i want to end up here but what is the cheapest flight considering all the parameters you know and they'll say okay buy a ticket to canada (laughs) right and Mm. you can just get off in chicago and i'm like oh that's pretty freaking awesome those darn airlines and their arbitrary pricing (laughs) structures yeah yeah Anyway, okay. So what what do we got? So tonight, uh, I was not able to watch the movie this week, which was the accountant. It was mm-hmm. uh, for some things, um, and but that's that's okay. So we won't be able to talk to that. We'll get that for next week. Um, but we did spend a lot of time playing Diablo Four. Diablo Four, which yeah. season one came out. Season one um, started. It's uh. Has it even been a week? No, it's just a weekend because it no. started on Thursday, right. and uh, right. yeah, we've been we played it most of the weekend. I did some other things on the weekend, kind of. <laughs> Are you just of, letting me know that you did some other things? Instead, no, I mean, instead I mean, of I, I, I intentionally rationed it out because I have this thing, right? Like I'm traveling, right? I'm on the road. I've never, yeah. Well, I've been to Washington once um, for a couple nights back in 2017. But I've been in Washington for one, two, three, four, five, six, a month and a half. And I don't, um, I don't do that much, right? I mean, I do, I go see, you know, quote unquote touristy things more than a normal person. Let's say normal person, more than a person with a job and a house does mm-hmm. sure right right i've i've i'm sure i've been to more national park Absolutely. service sites in the last two years than anyone else in our friend group 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, your your life is a it's not a vacation, <laughs> but it's like right. It's a alternating. It, it's not a vacation, and I often will not go. You know, I'll stay at camp all weekend. Yeah. Um, and I did this weekend, though I did um, go into town Friday night. I went to a nice um, uh, farm-to-table restaurant in, the, in a town called Chehalis, Washington. Um, it's one of those, like, um, a little bit like Farm Bloomington. Everything is, the menu is a little pricey, but that's just because it's yeah. all local-grown uh, yeah. stuff. Had some prime rib and a, and a baked potato and... Uh, it was, it was excellent. There, unfortunately, their beer taps were out, so I had to get bottled uh, mm. beer. I think dinner, that first year, that would be my, a problem I'd have, is that being in a new place, I would have the feeling that I need to go out on the weekends and go mm-hmm. find. I, And it shouldn't, because just like you said, it's your house. So many times at home, I don't feel like I need to go out. I just want to spend a weekend at home. Right. And, you know, do like just because you're in a new location doesn't mean that you... But I would have that first year. I would be like just always feeling it's it's a little bit of a FOMO type thing. A little, you're, a little FOMO. Know, so. I mean, I'm sure that I've talked about um, Thousand Trails, the campground network that I um, am a member of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I use those campgrounds because it's more economical for me to have uh, shelled out a decent amount of money at the start and then an annual fee. Um, because then I can I can camp for free, right? Where a normal RV park, when I stayed in South Dakota and paid to stay, it cost me $180 for the week, which is not bad. I don't want to I don't want to say that at all. Like that's one night at a hotel um yeah. depending on where you are. Um but that's you know, and and that that was also a good price. Like if I go to a KOA or something, you know, KOA RV parks, those yeah, are everywhere. Um, campgrounds of America with a K. Um, yeah. Those range anywhere from forty to eighty dollars a night, which again is cheaper than a hotel. But yeah. at that rate, you know, you're up to thousand, two thousand dollars a month, um, yeah. which is not sustainable. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> as right. I'm getting into too many details here, these campgrounds that I stay at are often not close to anything some of them are um the one i talked about the one in williamsburg virginia because it's like 15 minutes from town and the movie theater there is super nice and so i went to a lot of movies while i was out east um but this park that i'm at now is actually fairly close to mount st helens so maybe next weekend i should look into that and see if that's something worth checking out but the nearest town with grocery shopping and um all of those things is 30 to 40 minutes depending on how bad the traffic is on interstate 5 which is what connects seattle and portland um all of that to say i've definitely camped in places where there was nothing around me really worth going or going and seeing or doing right yeah like i'll i'll sometimes look i'm like what's around here okay there's one like santa claus museum and i'm like well check that out that that's in texas somewhere um i think maybe virginia um and i went into town anyway no it was definitely texas it's coming 
clarifying in my memory now. And it was not open, right? It's only open in December. And I'm like, oh, okay, I probably should have looked online first. But I was going into town anyway. Um, all that to say, I, I sometimes will not go do anything all weekend. I'll play games or whatever. And we had Diablo 4. I went, it was a huge digression from our, uh, <laughs> our Diablo 4 talk. But I intentionally was like, okay, I'm going to play a lot of Diablo 4 today, but I need to be a little responsible about it. So, hmm. you know, I, I set up my griddle and cooked breakfast outside. I think I've talked about that before. Um, you know, made eggs and eggs and bacon and uh, um, all of that stuff. And then play for a little while, play for an hour or something, and then take the dog for a walk, right? Spend 30 minutes doing that, 30, 40 minutes. And then play a little more, and then you go up to the bathhouse and grab a shower. And then play a little more, and then, you know, whatever. Just break the time up rather than just zoning out on the game for an entire day. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, Diablo is a game that kind of lends itself to that. Um, it's very much, at least the way I play it, it's very much the, like, I get on and do the same things every time I play. Like, you know, what's there to do? Run some dungeons, do some of the world events, um, I mean, it's the same way that I played WoW once they introduced world quests. It was like, get on and do world quests for a while and then be done. Um, yeah. It's very arcadey, I guess is the best way to say that. Right. Well, I, I, on the other hand, did not do that. I did not regulate myself and played way too much. <laughs> um, not, I should... It's funny because my th thoughts about Diablo 4 are, it's fun... Um, but it's not like, oh my God, it's the best game ever. That's why I played it. And like, there's a lot of games that I play and like, I'm just addicted and hooked. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this play time has been two primary things. Uh, I'll admit one is the FOMO thing. One is the fear of missing out that, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to, I know our buddy Pete and some of our other friends will, will play a game for a cup. Aaron will play games for a couple weeks and then they'll stop playing it or they'll, mm -hmm. they'll stop They'll stop getting on enough where they group together. They'll play randomly on their own, but the the, the fun grouping up together stuff happens early. Yeah. Um, and I and I want to be a part of that because it's it's some, one of the things that's really fun in this game is grouping up in a group and playing. It's kind of like playing an MMO. You want to be when everyone's on there. Mm -hmm. um, so I did. I didn't want to miss that. Uh, I know some of our friends really go fast, right through the levels. Sure. Um, so I wanted to, that the FOMO was like, I got to get on so that I can at least get to whatever. And the game gets to, it brings me to the second part I want to play a lot was that um, the game kind of starts after level 50. Uh, yep. Once you get to tier three types, the uh, tier three difficulty uh, and you've gotten all your, you know, skill points and such, then you're in what they call the end game. Mm -hmm. um, and, you can actually start to see whether you enjoy playing the class. Right. right. Um, so I wanted to kind of push through, get to that point um, where I can play with friends. I can understand the class I've picked um, and play it as it's kind of intended to be. Cause when you're playing it through the levels at any point, it's not necessarily the class that it's going to end up being. Right. Uh, um, so I wanted to get through that. And, and honestly that's, 
especially since I'm not playing the story because the story's already finished. Right. I'm I'm just trying to get through, just ticking off the boxes. Mm, sure. Right. Um, there wasn't sort of anything really exciting. So I'm almost I'm level forty nine and a half right now when I went to bed last night. Okay. Um, and there wasn't i will say there wasn't anything exciting about the seasonal thing the story was okay but it's kind of like a research scientist you're following a guy around who trying to figure discovered this out. pandemic and he's got to read about stuff and you go to these dungeons to find research material i mean mm-hmm. that's that is the long and short of that story yeah um and then it ends with i well i won't say but there's a you know a little story about somebody he knows and then it has an ending there. But it's not like any kind of epic thing or big thing happens. Um, and it doesn't take the entire time to get through. Um, no, it's just a little, it's a little sort of vignette. And by design, it's yeah, it's also yeah. not connected at all to the main story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can not buy season one and buy season two, five, and six before the next expansion comes you, out. You also, right? you don't have to buy the season. Yeah, you don't have. Oh, yeah, right. You to not play it, but you could miss it. You right. You can you can not play the season, and yeah, that's by design too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that it, it can't be with the main story because if it was with the main story, then if you played, went out for a year or two, came back, you would not know what's happening and not be able to get it. Right. It's it's also not going to stay. Like none of the new mechanics yes. are going to persist after the season is over. Right. So. Nor will that story. So it has to be uh, not a connected, standalone, isolated. Right. Uh, so that was that was fine. Um, some of the things to do that are different in this season are following the season. There's seasonal goals, I guess. Is, was there a name for that? Journey. Um, it's it's the journey. It's very similar to the system in Diablo Three, except that um, or Diablo Immortal has it too. Yeah, I don't. I definitely played Diablo Immortal, but I remember almost nothing about it, which is awesome. Mm. Um, the one, the one major difference. Well, there are several. Um, one of the nice things about the seasons in Diablo Four is that you don't have to complete each chapter to move on to the next chapter. It's also, um, it was this way in Diablo Three as well. You can still make progress on the chapters you haven't unlocked yet, like. You know, you can unlock chapter three and see that you've already got three of them done because it's tracking all the things that you do. And if they're requirements, they'll be they'll be checked off whether you've unlocked that chapter or not. Um, But they're only making you unlock about 80 percent of each chapter, something like that. It's like, you know, there'll be 12 goals and you only have to meet nine of them to move on to the next one. Um, But you still get each of those goals like gives you a sort of XP toward all the unlocks. And that's the thing that you have to pay to get all of. Like there are a dozen or 20 unlocks that everybody gets that are free. And there's a bunch of stuff in between that you only get if you buy the season pass. Um, And they're all, not all, but they're for the most part, all cosmetic rewards. Um, Some are titles, some are gear transmogs. Some are emotes that are uh, class specific, which I didn't I didn't expect. Um, yeah, it is weird that they're class specific, but it is. I did see on those, strange, by the way, that the, the way I understand it, because I finally looked at it all last night. They are class specific, 
but every class has one. Sure, that makes sense. But it's still weird that, say you're a sorcerer, you don't get yours until level 45 or something. Right, right. And Where the, a druid gets his at 10. You know? And the gear, um, the, the armor transmogs are also not class-specific because everybody wears the same stuff, right? Yeah. There, there's no cloth, plate, mail, any of that. And then Diablo 3 was that way too, except every... I think every class in three had a unique something, right? Like only yeah. demon hunters can wear cloaks, and it's, which is just a different yeah, it's, type it's of chest It's still kind of like that. Like I noticed that, the, for example, the druid legs, so this one has a kind of a plate male look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like I said the necromancer has plate leg, metal legs or whatever. The, the druid has kind of a kilt type thing because his is, all of his stuff is very like kind of, dress kind of look to it um so there's there are definitely class specific differences in the the ones but you get them all so if you unlock the pants you get them all from all classes right right the the um the weapons are not that way simply because Mm -hmm. all the classes don't use the all the same weapons yeah right um i you know only rogues use bows so the bow now, transmog I'm, I'm is assuming, only for rogues. I'm assuming, though, that you get to keep those transmogs after the season, right? Yeah, they're unlocked on your account. So if I roll a rogue, right. I'll have that transmog available. For, for next season. Because I, I do know that there are things, it's a little sad, um, that are in the game that are going to be, that'll go away. Um, so right. when you complete dungeons in Diablo 4, you unlock basically an ability to add an ability to one of your items. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have seasonal ones of those. So maybe my druid can cast a lightning bolt twice instead of once per Mm -hmm. button press. Um, And they only have that for this season. And then it goes away. Yeah. Um, Which is a little sad. um, But I assume it'll be a kind of about that. It'll be a kind of testing ground where um, some of the things that, work really well and are really popular they will at some point roll into the base game like move into um armor or something like that yeah Yeah, that makes sense well uh so yes there's the journey i will say personal taste on it um was okay like i'm i'm up to the point where i have to hit level 50 um Mm -hmm. matter of fact i think i already unlocked the next one but the next one is it starts to get really grindy where you have to um, do some PVP or um, do some really long grindy type stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's fine. The the game hits, hits the grindy part at that point anyway. Um, And which is okay. The way I played Diablo three was I always unlocked the cosmetics part where you can get to like halfway through the season journey and you unlock all your, your set pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I stopped. I didn't care. Because it gets, in Diablo 3, it also got pretty ridiculous where you have to get really dedicated to unlock the rest of the stuff. Do some do some really difficult stuff. That was another thing I was going to say um, is nice about the seasons in Diablo 4 is that the rewards, because the rewards are generic and not um, and don't affect gameplay, it's not like the, the set armor thing which you can grind set armor like in in diablo 3 by the time you get 
the free set armor from the season, you're probably high enough level that you can start grinding the pieces and build those sets organically. Um, But I know the first couple seasons that I did, it was like, oh, this this is a thing. And the power level jump when you got set armor we talked about this when we talked about diablo 3 was yeah. so huge that it was a big deterrent to playing another class in the season now you'd mm-hmm. still have to level it up right like there's still that grind part of it but like for me i rolled a barbarian at the beginning of the season and it was okay um but i have unreliable internet on the road mm-hmm. and i was like you know there's really no class and spec that is as lag friendly as the necromancer with all the minions. Yeah. Like right. the minions are not like me actually fighting, but it's something where if I am a barbarian or druid or sorcerer or rogue, if I lag and I'm not moving, I'm contributing nothing. I'm a liability to the fight, the situation. And and I know the necromancer because that's what I played before the season. And I'm like, uh, this is boring, but I'm just going to do this again. It's just the the best uh, um, option for my situation, and yeah. and so I started over. Now my my barbarian was only I don't know, like twenty twenty five level, and so I didn't lose that much time. But the the rewards for the season are account wide and there's no set armor that was that was sort of my point like you could play through the season again in diablo 3 but it's all unlocked already you only get that free set armor once so whatever class you roll is the one i thought of that when you were saying earlier about how you don't really know a class until you get to the end game and really if the end game is level 100 you pretty much have established how your class works by the time you get to like 40 right sure maybe 45 Um, it it doesn't there's there's no big drastic changes like like the set armor in in well i i don't know i mean i'm glad you brought that up because not that i've seen i don't i could be well i i i'm playing the druid and i played a necromancer before and i would agree with everything that i played before the season with the necromancer even when I got legendary gear, it kind of just, I mean, for example, Necromancer adds like two new, uh, you get two more skeletons and two more warriors and two more mages, Ages. which mm-hmm. actually does increase your power pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. Um, but, it's, it but it doesn't feel like it's, it changes your game or your. No, like it doesn't. It, just, it doesn't you know. change the play style. It doesn't, you know, it's not like, you know, the first couple seasons I did in Diablo three, um, I didn't know how the how the set armor thing worked and so i would yeah. just play a class the way that made sense to me to level it up and and that's this is still true if you're paying attention like reading guides and stuff like this is a build for leveling and then once you get this set armor it really supercharges these two or three abilities especially when you yeah. use them together and you're like oh yeah. i wasn't using those abilities at all but i can't yeah. I can't stick with the play style, the build that I know at uh, at this power level just because I like it when adapting to the build that goes with the set armor is going to give me a 300% power increase. Yeah, there's, <laughs> right? no way like, to, there's no way to proceed. The, the, 
without. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no choice. Like I could go farm another set, but it's going to be a lot easier to farm that set if I figure out how to do this build with the three hundred percent power increase right. that it gives you. Right. Yeah. Well, th- so th- this this before I continue, I want to say this. There's nothing like that in this game, which is good no. so far. Right. Like they, so, and that's a good thing. So far, but, you know, maybe but, give it a few years maybe. and they might do right, right. You know, who knows? But, but that being said, when I hit when I hit nightmare like tier three with my druid last night, mm-hmm. after we unlocked it and we played it as our, our friend group and had a really great time, I stayed on for two two more hours and maybe three more hours okay. and started playing, uh, you know, the dungeons and unlocking stuff and getting you know running whispers and stuff. And getting gear, and I now start at, what you can't get very easily on tier two is legendaries, and I was getting the legendaries like yeah. like you usually get. You know, you've played the necromancer above fifty. You get full suits, and you have mm-hmm. banks full of all the options, right? Yep. Um, so I, I started getting that. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to do things, and my druid did change drastically, like really drastically. Okay. Um, I went from. Um, you know, being a, a challenging dungeon encounter to go through to not easy, but just like I didn't have to really I don't really have to think much now. Um, Did it change? I, was, I mean, because, yeah, they're the power increase things. That's sort of how. Well, it's games... not it's not power. It, it changed what I did. Yeah, that's um, that's so, what I was going to ask. Like, did it change your build priority? Yeah. And, and yes. OK, yes. Because so I was, you know, I was there's several every class has different builds and things you can do. And I was following along with a on this one. I changed from bear over to just this uh, caster, like a caster or druid just to try it mm-hmm. out. Um, and it was good. And they have this build that's, you know, you can tell is in the game. And they encourage this one. One of these builds is a hybrid between lightning and earth spells. Right. And if you yeah. cast an earth and then a lightning and then an earth and then a lightning and each one, every time you change, it gives a 20% increase in power. And that's just a normal thing. And that's kind of what you want to do. Right. But it's not that big of a deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 20%, which is significant. And when you do it right, it's, it helps. And when you start to get good, it's really good. Um, but then you get, a, I got a gear that's a legendary gear that allows your primary damage thing to cast twice every time you cast it. Mm. So, now it's not just 20% increase per cast. It's it's 200%. And then if you cast the other opposite spell before that, it's 280 per, or 240%, right, increase in damage if you do that. So I like, oh, I need to change my build so that I'm my primary is a, a different, not an earth. It needs to be a wind or lightning. And then my, my secondary is the, is the damaging one that it gives it to. And then I found another legendary item that makes the another spell cast that first spell like in an area effect all around you. And because you had that other legendary, it casts it twice for free, which I couldn't have before. So it completely changed everything that I was doing so that I could build around this way of alternating back and forth and then having to have that pulverized spell. Um, and when I do that, oh my God, it's just the, the, the entire <laughs> board just lights up and dies. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is different. And these legendaries change the game. Um, and I start seeing I'm keeping pieces now that do, are doing the same for the bear because I was playing bear earlier. 
and there's a couple legendaries that go that goes um like when you're bear form it gives you all if you have this legendary it gives you all the benefits of the werewolf form as well as the the bear form and okay, then turns sure. your earth like the big bash it does into a long distance range thing which changes all of your build you're like oh you need to center it around this one skill from now on to take advantage of this massive power increase so it's not to the same level of Diablo three, nowhere right. near, like you right. said, 300%. I'd say it's like 200%, but it's at least with the Druid significant, um, game changer type stuff. Nice. Um, so, and I would not have been able to get that had I not gotten to the legendaries in the, in the tier three zones. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was getting at. You can play the game with your build up to 50. And even when you get to 50 and you have all your skill points, that's still a build, but then the legendaries will com- can and they have at least with me completely changed what that how that build plays or a, a whole different build, uh, but not to the extent of Diablo three. So don't anyone here listening take that as me saying that because um, <laughs> Diablo three was over the top with that. Stuff. Yeah, and you can still play. I think you can still play. I think it's viable, but it's just a difference between do you want to kind of face roll through it or die and constantly respawn and die and respawn until you finally get through it type thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's fun. Uh, I'm not a fan of anything that's really in the, the, the battle pass stuff. Um, yeah, there's nothing that I saw. I mean, it could be just a bad season. I had a great season at overwatch two and then a terrible one. The next it was not interest to me, you know? Mm hmm. So, but there could be people that are like, oh, this is the coolest outfit ever. Um, but there wasn't anything for that for me in this one. So I'm not really focused on pushing, you know, got to get to level, what, at 95 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy playing it. You know, it's so much more enjoyable playing with friends. Um, it's just nice. We're all together talking about stuff and rolling yeah, through you, dungeons. You, and, you said that dungeon, this is the a thing for players that don't know the 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 game has difficulty tiers right where you play yeah. the exact same world but everything scaled up and everything scales right it's it's mm-hmm. um three was this way too like wherever you go you're gonna fight things that are you know scaled to whatever level whatever power level you are but there's still a sort so you go sort of on this wave where like you know things yeah. are a little difficult but then you get some more gear you unlock some new abilities and now stuff it's easier but it's never like you're a level 50 killing a bunch of level fives um right but they plateau which I, which I don't know where, I think, right yeah where you'll get um you know where everything is pretty easy but you've stopped getting gear that makes you any more powerful like you've got the best yeah, gear you can right. get and you and you plateau and between right. so when you roll a new character you have two choices you have like normal mode and hard mode and once you get to about the mid-level 40s, you've you've almost exhausted what, not exhausted, but you, you've started to, um, you know, stop getting, you, out your stuff, you, yeah. you, you know, you've plateaued in, in hard mode. And right. then there's nightmare mode, which is tier three, that you can't do until you do this level 50 dungeon. Yeah. And... When I hit level 40, I saw that clearing that dungeon was one of the goals in 
the chapter four of the season journey. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to see what it's like. And it was rough, but I was still killing things. And I was like, all right, I could go for this. And then fast forward, you know, 90 minutes to, to two hours later, it's late and I'm still like wiping on the last boss because I've already done everything before that, which was like kill several guys in the dungeon, kill this this council fight and then get to the last boss. And so I go back to town and repair and do you can do upgrade the power of gear like crafted into better gear and did that and got an elixir and eventually got it down but i was like i should have given up on that but i had a <laughs> i had a random i had a rare moment of stubbornness and i was like <laughs> i'm close enough that i can do this i can I just a little bit i gotta give it give a little more push and i can do that and then i unlocked tier three but I don't really have the gear to do tier three. Like I right. can, it's like but they're level 55 is the every, everything's much more that. difficult, but I can go to group events in the world where there are a bunch of other people doing stuff. And then it's not as uh high pressure. Yeah. Like I don't have to kill everything myself and I can still sort of soak up the experience points and, and get some of the benefits. And so I was yeah. doing that for a while. And so then when uh, I think, Pete did the same, but he was a few levels higher than me, so he had an easier time. And um, and then the four of us were on, and we're like, "Yeah, let's just run it all together." And it was much—I mean, I don't think anybody even died. Like it was—it no, was, was a smooth. Uh, it's so uh, much smoother, experience. and and you're right. The scaling, I you know, it's so impressive. The the math that happens to work there, and the, the behind yeah. the scenes programming, you know, that has For to sure. happen. I'm I'm attacking a skeleton, and it says he's let's just say level forty. And Pete is attacking the exact same skeleton, and it says he's level, it's level 56. So the interesting thing about that is I, I'm wondering if it's not a lot of um, smoke and mirrors um, mm. for for psychological reasons. Because I know a lot of games have done this before. Um, and a couple of them have done scaling in the fact that, I want to think it was one of the EverQuests, or maybe later uh, MMOs, where um, the... How do I explain this? Um, you scale. Like when you join groups, you're all scale up to the highest level person or down to the lowest level person type stuff. Sure. Um, and you're like, oh, I don't like that because I'm fighting a monster that's, you know, now I used to be able to push over and now he's really hard because I'm level 45, right? When mm -hmm. I'm actually level 55. And then the other, other thing was like, oh, I'm able to take on level 55 monsters even though I'm level 45, right? Well, it's probably the exact same system, but they don't actually change your numbers, hmm. right? Like the yeah. skeleton, just so you can, you don't have that perceived difference in that you're changing anything. Right. Uh, but, if, but if you think about it, what's really happening there is that a monster has a set of X hit points and then... Pete, who is 10 levels higher, is damages getting nerfed as if he was that mob's level. And then I'm getting boosted that I am that mob's level. That's probably right. what's happening in the background. I remember I remember listening to a dev chat, probably not devs, but like, you know, the whatever game designer, the boss of the devs, um, talking about, wow... At some point, I don't remember if it was classic or retail or whatever. And they know, like, 
the percentage, like the the power percentage, because um, that happens in in WoW. Like you level, you get to max level, and then without levels, your character has to keep getting more powerful, right? You're right. It's the right. it's 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 the D and D thing. Like yes, in order to keep players interested, the character the player is playing has to get more powerful. And 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 they know the percent. It's like three percent. I might be confusing that with a screenwriting thing, but like they know the exact number of like if somebody's playing regularly, and you know the cycle of we're going to do a major patch every three months that's going to add new dungeons and more activities for your for your character to do. Right, like if if you're playing one of the if you're playing Burning Crusade in World of Warcraft, they do the first dungeons, which are like um, um, the big giant guy, uh, uh, Dragon Slayer Gruul, and mm-hmm. Karazhan, right? And yeah. a, a fresh level 70 is going to struggle on those. But there are five-man dungeons and heroics to fill in that gap. And then once you get to where you're easily killing, as we say, farming those heroic dungeons, now you can do those low-level raids. You're nowhere near the point where you could kill Illidan or Kael'thas, right? Yeah. But if you if you do those low-level raids, then you get more gear, your character becomes more powerful, and then you can do the next... I mean, they call them tiers, even in yeah. World of Warcraft. Right. Um, but Blizzard knows, and of course, you know, WoW is like 15 years old, so they have learned, looking at the stats, they know what percentage the character needs to be able to grow by over time to keep players interested. It's why they had to do level uh, level squishes, right? Yeah. Because they, they got to a point, and I think they're at it again already, where the max level players are like level 90. Maybe they flattened it out, so they're like 70 again. But they got to a point where max level characters were like level 120, Right, which is double the original game. And so they had to squish all those numbers down so that they're not dealing with just massive amounts of commas in in your damage numbers and things. Um, because all of that has to keep going up to keep the players engaged. Um, right. And I don't remember the point that I was making with that. I did a big digression again. Um, <laughs> but it's the same thing in Diablo 4. Like, you get to that and... I do enough of those things with groups at tier three and get, you know, replace enough pieces of gear that I'm like, I can do stuff solo in tier three now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, we, we were, we were discussing the scaling within groups. I think is, is what it was there. And yeah. and I think, I think that, um, that's the so real that, important thing is you want, yeah. you want people to be able to play together, right? Yes. That's, that's and you what, don't, and, and at the same time, you don't want them to feel that they are dumbing themselves to play down to play with their buddies. Yeah, or, it becomes this whole like, you or go back why to the, work all the way up to fifty five when I can just join with people right, fifty five? Right, you, know? you, you, you want people, you want people to be scaled. And Final Fantasy fourteen does this too, where you're scaled, but still, if a max level player comes back and and does things with you, they're going to be more powerful than you, but they're going to be like. 20% more powerful. They're not going to be 200% more powerful as right. they would be if there wasn't level scaling. But at the right. same time, you want 
the players to feel like their character is getting more powerful over time. That's yeah. the that's the carrot that keeps people playing games like this. Yeah, I, I now where I come down on this sometimes I, I will say straight off I I enjoyed us playing together right like that's very it was been the most enjoyable time is yeah, it was a good time just playing with the friends we've had this last week, um, but. I also like feeling powerful <laughs> and I sure. like being able to be in world of Warcraft and going back to, you know, Westfall and just annihilating an entire thing mm. with one easy <laughs> spell. Right. Because yeah. it makes me feel like I have become a powerful wizard. Right. right. Um, but in this game, you are never really more powerful. I mean, you are, there's like, I can, I just mentioned earlier that now my druid can take on an entire, you know, uh, dungeon where he could had to like one by one mob the first time fight. So there is that, but I also don't have the, I can go back to my old stomping grounds at the beginning and just wreck face. I mean, um, you could, if you went back to tier one, right. But you, I couldn't go back to Kovashad and just run the area, you know, True. Uh, there's no noob zone. Right. 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 Uh, and, and that's, the, it's okay. It's totally. I'm, I'm saying it's okay, but but it mm. does. You do lose the the sense of you know how far you've come in these sure. games when they do that. When they when they scale, this isn't the only game that scales zones. There's lots of games that you know scale as you you go along. Um, I always felt that you know when I'm level ten or actually say level twenty and can zone out of an area, like get out of a zone because it's so easy, and I have to get a new challenge that I. It was scary to go into the new zone, right? Right. Uh, it, we've talked about this in the show before about EverQuest walking into the dark forest and you're like, oh, just get to the edge. Oh, my God, there's a guy. Run, 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 right? Um, mm-hmm. You don't have that in Diablo because unless you're upping a tier, you know, but I could go all the way to the other side of the world and it's the same scaled difficulty of mobs. Right. Um, so that's. I think that actually is one of the things that leads to kind of a problem Diablo has and that its world to me doesn't feel that diverse. And it probably is. Um, hmm. the, not to mention the gray tones of it. There's no like big, we've talked about that. There's no yeah, big, that's a whole huge thing. stuff, but also I don't really know too difficult, like or too much that I'm slaying, cannibals or i'm slaying raiders or i'm slaying skeletons or sometimes there's some big mobs that are different but there's mm-hmm. doesn't feel i guess the swamp is probably one just because it's annoying to go through the little um, <laughs> sure tunnels and stuff um but so because there's no sca- there isn't a, any scary area in there every single oh, dungeon is the saying. same you know like you know i go to to, if I pick one dungeon, Aaron picked the dungeon. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that. That's a little difficult for me. And there's bad guys in there that are gonna. I'm gonna struggle with. Maybe you can carry me. No, he, it doesn't matter. Every single dungeon is the exact same difficulty. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, when you get you get the nightmare dungeons, and then they have a whole new like level system. Um, That's true. You I can pick. You can pick the yeah. difficulties. You can. It, you can that, scale. Pete, at that point, you're, did that you're for a choosing while. the scale. Right. Yeah. You're, but, uh, you're Pete and I did that for a while in the preseason. We're like, okay, yeah. well, that was a level six, and it was pretty easy. What? Yeah. What uh, keys? They're not called keystones, but what keystones do you have? And I'm like, well, I've got a twelve and a ten. And yeah. Like, uh, do we want to go for that twelve? That one was a six. That's a lot. Let's try that ten. 
Like, yeah. okay, that was good. And, you know. Yeah, you're just you're just picking your scaling number. There's doing. also, there are also the PvP zones. Those are scary. <laughs> Those are scary. I did get ganked <laughs> the other night in that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a different, uh, um, different thing. Which is weird. I didn't even think you could get ganked. But I yeah, I'm, I'm I'm annoyed that that exists, but I'm not a fan of PvP. So. Yeah, I I think I didn't really look too hard into it, but I, isn't there supposed to be a reason where a way where you can go through those zones and not be attacked? Um, I, I, I haven't looked into it, so I don't know. Yeah, all I know is that I thought that way because I was tooling around there once, uh, flagged myself on accident, and then uh, got killed. And I was like, oh, "Okay, I I did that. It's it's fine." But mm. then the other day, I was just walking, running through, and a monster knocked me off my horse. And then I guess I was flagged, and player was like, "Gotcha." I think. Me. I think Pete said there is an opt-in, but it's only to attack others. Yeah, like you have to opt in to be able to attack, which seems completely backwards to me. But right. I don't yeah. know. So so I could I couldn't attack that guy initially, but he could attack me initially. Yeah. And I think maybe That is sound backwards. That sounds totally so, backwards. So, something something you do when you kill another player affects you in some way, you get marked in some way. I don't I assume I there, there must be some kind of consequence for killing another player. Otherwise, why would the why would you have to opt in to being able to do it? It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not interested in PvP, so I haven't read up on any of that. Yeah. Well, there there is that, um, and it's just what you would expect. It's open world PvP. I don't know why Blizzard thinks open world PvP is a good thing. Um, there must be people who like it. Sociopaths. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's always one or two guys running around that entire zone. It's always it's you know out of what thousand yeah. people playing on our server or something like that or at one time. Well, um, and I know I know Pete has looked into it a little bit because there are, and this makes perfect sense because wow, was this way? There are um, abilities and talents that are better for PvP than not oh. than for PVE, and it's not easy to. I mean, it's easier than it was in Diablo two. But it's not easy to respec your character. Yeah. I say easier than Diablo 2 because you could not respec in Diablo 2. Uh, that's the that's the joke there. It's expensive um, now at the higher levels. It's it's kind of expensive and there's no easy way in the interface to do it. So people who build their character for PvP, that's all they're doing. I mean, not all they're doing, but that's mostly all they're doing. Um, so it makes sense to me that there are a couple of uh, people who miss... Uh, classic wow rogues just hanging rogues, out the right. rogues of course i I, uh, I i look forward to the day where they because this happened in wow um and we say we keep saying wow for those who don't know because it's blizzard they're both blizzard mm. uh that they allow for for dual specking so that you can you know have two specs set up and switch between yeah i mean there are there are a sort of wardrobe slots well Literally right. wardrobe slots. There are right. slots to save your cosmetic uh, yeah. uh, loadout. And they had those in Diablo 3, but there was also no cost to respecking in Diablo 3. So you could save your whole, like, gear and spec and everything, I think. Yeah. I never did it, so I don't know. But, um, yeah. like, there is a wardrobe, like, save slot thing in the game. So I assume one for builds is coming to and you'll still have to pay for it but you won't have to go through and click on all the things and try to remember which passives you took yeah um, it's 
it's pretty cost uh, prohibitive right now, which I know that's their thing. They don't, they want to be able, there's a huge goal of making you want to re-roll every season. So it's the you to make one druid that can do every build. You know? Yeah, it's the compromise, right? Like in Diablo 2, your choices were permanent, right? You couldn't do it. In Diablo 3, you could just change around. As long as you weren't in combat, you could change things around whenever, however. Now you actually can change it in combat. But it costs gold to unlearn things. And so that's just a, that's just a sink, right? Because there's no... Yeah. Um, if you're going around, if your character is quote-unquote working right they're they're killing mobs they're getting gold gold is coming in to the quote-unquote economy and there's no uh um like taxes or rent or food right that your character doesn't have to pay bills and so players will just accumulate gold if there's no um well there's in the game there there are repairs but only if you die Right, so if you're careful, or you're playing a hardcore character like a insane person, um, you're not getting uh, the repair cost either. Yeah. And so they have mechanics like the the thing where you enchant gear to change a stat on it that get yeah. increasingly expensive just to right. take some of that gold out of the right. Yeah, I got to have some some kind of economy balancer there. Yeah. Well, the the yeah, and and they are have been very open. I think this started with Overwatch two, but they're they double down on it with Diablo four, probably Immortal as well. Is that they they are not doing any kind of balance patches in between seasons. So what we have now with our characters, whether they're broken or not broken or good or bad, is mm. what they are until the, the near the end of October for um, three months. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that is one of the ways that they can say that, like, okay, if you have a bear druid, then um, it's super expensive, especially every level you go up, to change it to a storm druid. So you can do it once or twice, but then you're going to be broke. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, that's to encourage the fact that we want you next season to change you know, to a different character or class or build. And we can kind of air quotes here promise that we're not going to, we aren't going to be the reason to break your build mid season that, that you have to pay to respect because they broke your build. Oh yeah. Right. So that's why they say that, you know, going into the season, what the stats, the skills, the everything is, and we are not going to change that. Yeah. Um, And so if you learn for yourself or you find on YouTube or something that your build is bad, um, is weak. You can respect once. You can yeah. respect. It'll cost you gold, but we're not going to fix it. You don't have to worry about like, oh, what if I respect out of bear and then and then next Tuesday they fix bear, right? I'm going to have to pay the gold again. To, okay, I see that. Yeah, that's 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 their, their thing. And same thing happened with uh, Overwatch Two. Same kind of thing. That you know they're they've got these things where if you're playing in the league, which is that's the usual stuff, you know the ladder and stuff, and you get big stuff for it, you know you focus on mercy or something. We're not going to nerf her so that you have to start all over with, you know, the ladder stuff, playing somebody totally different Um, because we, that's what it's going to be until the end of the season. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's all thought. Uh, We should switch subjects when I get a little time here left, but um, uh, there is some discussion to have on 
Blizzard today versus Blizzard of old. There, that's kind of been something that usually goes around every single time a Blizzard releases a new game. Um, but uh, recently, some of the old original developers that started at Blizzard have kind of come out on podcasts and things saying stuff like, yeah, it's totally the mentality and principles aren't the same with designing sure. that it was. Um, and it's it's worth kind of a a thought. You know, like what well, Diablos Four is fun, and it's not a bad game. I would it was a worth purchase for me, and I would recommend it to other people. Um, but how is it different than Blizzard of the Past make games? Is it different? What what's this stuff? That's a conversation for another day. But um, I was kind of uh, confronted with that this weekend on some articles that I was reading. Like, oh, that's that's interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, you know, seeing things because you're as you get older, you can see things because you lived, you know, Diablo two <laughs> or uh, yeah. StarCraft, um, you know, and now to see what they are coming. All right, so what what else we have? Uh, uh, I saw Barbie. We're we're going to hold off on that one because uh, you are potentially going to see Barbie. Mm-hmm. So so we'll go see that one. Uh, I did see Indy five. I just want to put this out there. I really loved it. There oh. there was. Things going into this about how bad it was, and even right before, like the week before I went, people were saying, going as far as like, oh, it's worse than Crystal Skull, which was the movie before right. this. Yeah. That's um, what and I was like, that's what I was really the- disheartened, first off, by it being bad. Two, that it was worse than Crystal Skull, which is one of the few movies I won't watch more than twice. I've seen it twice, and I, won't want, I, don't, mm. I don't want to watch it again. Right. Um, and, and you know how much I rewatch movies. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was really disheartened by that. Um, and Pat, our buddy Pat, who went with me, also was the same way. Um, and the reviews are sitting down really bad. And we just walked out and just had a great time. Like, I was looking for the the whole time, like, oh, is this going to be where it gets bad? Or where the CGI happens bad? Or, you know, I'm usually hopeful in movies anyway. But I saw The Flash. And I was super mm-hmm. hopeful about The Flash. And then it's just, you know, you're like, oh, I can't get past this terrible thing. Indy never had any of that. Uh, hmm. It was everything you might think an Indiana Jones film might be. There, Fox and I had a long discussion about it because he's down on it that it's a terrible movie, but he's yeah. very he's very um, understanding and talks things out in a logical way. So it's good conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he was really really focused on loss of potential. Uh, that sure. Like an indie film, I've seen a good indie film like Indie 3, and it should have this and that and that to make it the best. And this wasn't that, so it's not good. Um, and you and I have talked about loss of potential a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I was had the low expectations, I didn't have it needs to meet X, Y, or Z to be good expectations. Sure. It just had to be fun to, to be worth my money. And it was all of that. If this was not called Indiana Jones, I guarantee, and you know, it was somebody else, I guarantee you it would have way different scores. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the best Indiana Jones. I'm not telling people to say that. But <laughs> I rank it better than, than Indiana Jones 4 for sure and equal to Indi- Indiana Jones 2. Um, okay. So, yeah. Equal we to re- 2, which was... The weakest of the original of the original three, right? But the yeah. first, but number one and number three are fantastic, epic, historical movies that everyone should watch, right? I, I heard a, movies, I right? heard an anecdote recently that um, 
uh, what, Spielberg and Lucas? I don't, I don't know if it's actually those two guys. But when they made the sequel, um, they tried to, like, boy, there's a lot of story here. And I, I regret bringing this up because I don't have all the details. But um, the original movie is based on pulp novels. And I'm not going to remember the character. But it's the same. Oh, I believe that. It's like, it's like an old thing, right? Pulp novels from the 30s. I totally fiction. do that. Yeah. Um, so how Star Wars was made set on, on the old war. Right. And so they movie. said, let's let's take this and this and this and do this movie. And I don't think they planned on doing a sequel. So then when they went to do a sequel, they're like, well, let's take these other things from pulp novels of the time and do this thing. And it didn't, it wasn't as successful because theater goers didn't care about all that history. They wanted to see... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark again. Yeah. And so when they did Last Crusade, they went back to the kind of formula and the vibe of um, of Raiders. Sure. Um, so this is interesting. Um, yeah, and, and I think that anecdote there. I think that this follows that formula as well. Um, and I won't disagree that there are some there are some things in there that could be better. Um, I think uh, the the lead the female lead that's in there uh, could have been something really awesome. And she was just okay. Mm. Right. N- n- not bad in any way. She wasn't mutt from the, the previous movie. Um, she was just okay. Right. right. Um, so sure. Right. Um, Fox brought up that they had a, an older star in this movie that he, and he was like, why don't they just use the other older star that was in, that was in one of the previous movies. Um, mm-hmm. And he's in this one, but for a little bit, I'm like, well, sure, but it doesn't make a difference. He's like, yeah, but it would have been better if they did that. And like, again, you're focusing on loss of potential and I don't disagree with you, but it doesn't make this bad. It's just not that, you know? Right. Um, so anyway, I just wanted, I don't want to go too much in it, but I really enjoyed it. I will watch it multiple times. I really will. I definitely watch it more than crystal skull. Um, and it's got a, it's got the, as Pat said, it's got the right amount of nostalgia with it. Um, with a lot of, <laughs> Pat was great as we walked to the theater. He says, it's got the perfect Indiana Jones thing. If you take Indy out, nothing changes. <laughs> right. That, that's very much Indiana yeah. Jones. That's, that's um, the joke. Like, that is so, that is so excellent. Um, also as we leave that, that this topic, did you know that the second Indiana Jones movie is actually a prequel? It takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know why, but I did know that. Yeah, it's like he he's with the the girl in that movie, and he's he's with Marion at the end of the first movie, and then he's mm-hmm. back with Marion at the third. Like Marion is in the picture at least in the third movie. So they say, yeah, that's because the second one takes place before the first. Like, oh, that's. Interesting. Oh, I do want to say one quick thing about this because I know we're going to go over here. Holy cow. I always say how good Marvel's de-aging technology is. Uh, whoever did this one, it's Disney too, um, has done even better. There's large episodes and scenes where Indy Harrison Ford is in the past. And it's like watching another, a 35-year-old Harrison Ford doing Indiana Jones. For wow. an entire, like, sit act type stuff. And I'm like, wow, I would watch an entire movie of just this. It's so good. 
Um, just could not tell that it wasn't him doing everything. And it's full scenes, him talking, discussions, dialogue back and forth, and then action scenes and everything. Like, wow, they did not mess around with this. And it's so good. I can, I can clearly see why the, the actors in Hollywood are worried about AI taking their jobs. Because, mm. woof, it's so good. Okay. So anyway, that's, that's what I had to say about that. Nice. Uh, what do we got? Anything else before we head out for the night? Uh, we'll talk about uh, the big Strange New World stuff next week. Yes, that's I'm I'm caught up, and I don't, I won't spoil it for you, but um, it's uh, I don't want to make a thing out of this either. But it's my birthday this week. I know it's um, t- t- tomorrow here, real soon. In in uh, your birth state, you've got like fourteen minutes left. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's. I was I was looking. I've already flipped my calendar to August, so I was trying to figure out where. I'm glancing over, trying to see where the date is. I'm like, that's you got another week in this month, man. <laughs> Flip it over to August. I know, I know. It's I I had to mark something down in August and then just left it because I don't use it for a lot of things. It's just here, so I can glance right. at it. Um. Anyway, yeah, my birthday's tomorrow, and the the it we saw trailers for this before season two started, but it's the crossover episode between Lower Decks the animated Star Trek and Strange Worlds. Um, And it was released early because of uh, what you said, Mm Comic-Con things. Um, And I saw that pop up and I was like, is this, why is this out so early? Well, I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to watch it. And I watched it this morning Um, or was it yesterday? I don't know, whatever. I watched it early and uh, it's fantastic. I've been rewatching Lower Decks just in, in preparation of it. Mm-hmm. I know it's different. It's a whole. There's no way that those actors can do the same thing the cartoons, you know, do. I've seen both of them act and do stuff, and they have acting abilities and such. But the way Lower Decks is shot, they're just they just the dialogue is so fast and manic, and everybody's doing that. Um, I'm assuming it's probably not going to be well, the same. I'm, I'm, I I understand that. I'm I'm eager to hear what you think after you see it. I won't say any more because okay, wanna... cool. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also missing one more back um from that. So we have Gen Con next week. So I'll watch the I'll catch up on the two. We can talk a little bit about it, but then I know that the big there's a musical episode, which is mm. crazy. They're doing I a didn't know about that un- until you post it. Yeah, not next week, but um the following week is uh is a musical episode, which I'm like, what really? Like I should I should be skeptical, but really these last two, I mean the 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 Spock episode, I kind of watched in a bad mood, so some of that is on me. And then the one in between that and the crossover is a an Uhura episode, um, which was also just okay to me. Um, and a couple of those, a couple episodes this season, I've been kind of middling on, and it's just because I love this show so much, and it's often so excellent that I expect more from it right like i don't go Mm. in with low expectations um and so you know a week strange new worlds episode to me is still like a (laughs) 7.5 right 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 um and i feel like a lot of that was slow burning to the the sort of fun of this crossover episode and then so to see that there's a musical episode i'm like you know what it's fine i really like when this show is 
has some joy. It has um, a lot of joy, I think. Because I don't know. I mean, not to the not to the slapstick fan service extent of lower decks, but right. P- Picard and Discovery are so bleak and right. grim. Like season three of Picard had some lightness with with all the old cast and stuff, but that still to me was like, okay, I'm happy for this, but just because you got Michael Dorn to put on the makeup again doesn't make this good. Like yeah. it's 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 not bad, but I'm like that only gets you so far. Yeah. But anyway, I I love Strange New Worlds, and so to see these excellent, amazing, beautiful characters be, you know, you know, have have joy. I don't know joy. No, I I, I was that, just but... going to repeat what you just said, and you said it again. It's like I that's a great word, Dennis, and I think that we should use that with this joy. There's a lot of joy in Strange New Worlds, and I just am there for it. I really yeah. love. It makes me do what Star Trek should be, want to live in the future, right? It wants me to live in their world where it's fun and cool and they've got people who are encouraging each other and they're not perfect and they have problems and it's difficult, but they have each other and they have Starfleet and the promise of a bright tomorrow and it's just full of joy. Um, So yeah, you're right. Even the bad ones. My my comment has earlier is that I'm ready for, I'm kind of tired of the, individual pieces i I would like mm-hmm. to, you know i would like to have an adventure of the week type thing but that is yeah. such a low thing to say because it's it's <laughs> okay it's another one of just joy happiness they're all doing something yeah. cool and fun yeah. um, and you're right the musical one my first thought was like oh man this is all right this will be the episode that's whatever you know i'm not against musicals we've watched many on this show um and but i watched the trailer and i'm like oh okay yes all right <laughs> To- totally there. I will have fun with this one. Yes. Yeah. See everybody like smiling and 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 singing and and you know dancing kind of stuff. I mean, kind of like the the um the dream fantasy episode from season one, which right again got low r- reviews, but those low reviews were still like an right. average of six point eight, six point nine, or something. Right. Like. Um, and there are fantastic. a lot of terrible TNG episodes and a lot of terrible TOS episodes yeah, and all of enterprise, you know? So, so there's, <laughs> right. There's a lot of, of bad episodes and granted we're only getting like what? 12, 10 to 12, something like that episodes for a season 10, 10 to 12, to 24, 30, something like that. But still, yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Strange New Worlds. I, I just talking about it makes me excited because it's so fun <laughs> and I do, it is a little sad that we have only so many episodes. It does make me feel that like I have to treasure each one because they're mm. each little stuff, but that's a good thing, right? That makes them want to make more seasons and love it. And yeah. Yeah. And, and it, the, the best part, the joy I think comes from that every cast member feels like they're having joy playing the characters mm-hmm. that they're playing. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I posted, I don't, I don't normally watch this, but. Um, I was on YouTube last night and saw the um, uh, Ready Room um, YouTube series that that Paramount does with um, Will Wheaton. Yeah, it's like a talk show, but specifically about. Oh, Star I'd Trek. like to hear his thoughts on this series. I um, but he did a he did an interview with um, Jack Quaid, Tawny Newsome, right? Uh, um, yeah, Mariner and Mariner. And, 
Why am I blanking? Uh, Boimler. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Jonathan Frakes, who directed the crossover episode. Oh, did he? Okay. And so it was great to hear their, like, oh, we did this and this. And they had some recorded interviews from the rest of the Strange New Worlds cast. Um, and it was it was great. Yeah. I, I, I With this cast, those are the few that I see here and there all seem very great. You know, that they're, yeah. like, just having a great time smiling, hanging out. I've seen cast photos of them, you know, eating dinner and stuff and just having a blast. So that just seems... That's what you want to have, you know, no uh, difficult actors or people who think that they're better than they're all just like very thankful for the Madonna's or or anything like that. Like, I mean, when you have Anson Mount fans and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, who's who's the lead of the show and he's reasonable, so happy to be. Yeah, he's just so happy to be in Star Trek. Not to mention, I remember his earlier interviews like that. I get to be a captain and they want me to continue to be this captain is so mm-hmm. overwhelming to him of, you know, a Star Trek fan growing up with like us, you know, um, in your life. Yeah. You can, you can separate the artist from their work and, you know, th- you know, but we don't know people. So you can't, sometimes you, you, you have to separate because you don't yeah. know both, yes. but it's always gratifying uh, to know that, the person doing a thing that you enjoy is really enjoying doing it. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, with, with Anson, it's also a, um, so let's say star Wars. If you're Ray Daisy Ridley and you're playing the new lead in the star Wars movie, obviously that she understands how big that is, but it's hard to, for someone who's like 25 to fully appreciate that as opposed to sure. somebody who's 45 who mm-hmm. was there when they first came out and was a little kid playing with the toys and, you know, life changing stuff like what Anson would be. Right. You know, he, he mm-hmm. grew up with mm-hmm. all of the shows and seeing that stuff and then being able to be asked to play a part and then loving being embraced with that part. You can just tell that's a different kind of special to them. Right. Yeah. Okay, we spent some more Star Trek time going over, but you know. <laughs> even even with you being two episodes behind and us not getting into any detail, still <laughs> talk twenty minutes about Star Trek. Right. Um, All right, so I'll, I'll watch that show next week. the The accountant. It's uh, with Matt Damon. Is that correct? It's the other one, Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck. The the other one. Nice. Very well. Done. It's Batman. Yeah. Is I, I I thought that because we talked about it when we were playing Diablo last night. We're like, oh, it's Matt Damon where he's he's doing another thing where he's exceptional at everything he, right. he does. It's, well, that is true, but it's the wrong actor. It's <laughs> the wrong, the um, wrong one. Yeah. Do you do you want to pick a second movie because it's your pick? No, I we think we're okay because okay. we do have. I've got like I said, Sid's coming in this weekend, and we've got you know a lot of stuff going on, especially with work and things. And yeah, and I'm going to try to. Strange new worlds. It's it's a little bit of a drive, but I'm I'm close to a regal where I can get uh, a cheap Tuesday. Uh, and you guys are doing in in person gaming, so I might go down and oh that reminds me they're wanting far enough of a drive i don't think i can do the double feature barbie and oppenheimer so i might just see oppenheimer uh because i've heard good things about that um yeah i'm i'm uh, several of our friends are sneaking away on wednesday night to watch oppenheimer up in indy i may Mm. now that you just mentioned that i have to go see if there's tickets available still i may go do that um I'm, i'm mixed people say it's good but they also say exactly what i expected it to be they didn't say it's good. They say like it's 
it's a drama, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. I know what's going to happen in all of it. <laughs> so, uh, right. So, it, so at least you won't have to worry about a weird um, a Christopher Nolan twist or something. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, who, uh, who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, may, maybe I'll go watch that one too. So we'll see. Cool. All right. All right, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 307. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on all the things. If you want to reach out to us for any reason, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.